right, so today I'd like to try and explain the best we can about the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost being one. Because here on earth, we would think Father, Son and Holy Ghost, they're three things. Well, they're, they're actually three uh, separate, but all part of the one Godhead, the Bible says. We'll try and explain that today. We're turning to First uh, John, one of the letters of uh, John. Uh, he wrote three letters and also uh, one gospel. And of course, John was with Jesus from the very beginning. Uh, he and various other ones, from the very beginning of his ministry, he saw, he heard wonderful things, and uh, through his writings, we can read a lot about the character, the personality, the power of Jesus Christ, the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. And John in particular was uh, very much in tune with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is interesting because uh, he and his brother James were known before as the sons of thunder. Now, you might know some sons of thunder, and they can be uh, not so tame and carefully and loving, but John and his brother James were turned around by their Holy Ghost experience. And you can read the three uh, epistles of John, and they are just wonderful, just wonderful, full of love. So anyway, let's go in, in, in John, 1 John chapter 5. And we'll look here in verse 6. And this is talking about Jesus being the one who, was, who proved that he was the Son of God, or what he did proved that he was the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, it's baptism and the giving of his life, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness, or the Spirit is the proof. It's the record, it is the report, because the Spirit is truth. So when Jesus, the Bible says, uh, the Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove, in the shape of a dove, or as a dove, the Spirit came upon Jesus, and at that time he was empowered by God to be the one who would take the message out. The Holy Spirit came upon him. We know that uh, it's a much more complicated story than that, but that's enough. The world had to see that this was the anointed one. There are three witnesses in heaven, we read in the next verse here. Three witnesses in heaven. So here we are on earth, but there are three witnesses in heaven. There are three that bear record. The word means uh, uh, witness, same word. They give proof, they give record, they give a report. Same was up in the previous verse then, bearing witness. In heaven, the Father, the mighty God, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. So the Word, how did the Word bear record in heaven? Well, if we whip right over if you want, you can turn over if you want to, but I can just read it out. Uh, so I'll just, some of you might want to note this one, so please write this one down. If you're John... Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John. Not the, we're in the epistle of John at the moment. Go back to the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In chapter 1 and verse 14, we read the following thing. And the Word was made flesh. So when we're hearing here about the bearing record, the Word was one of them. The Word was made flesh. That's talking about Jesus. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So going back to our first John chapter 5, 
There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, who is Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus is not on the earth now. We don't know him anymore in the flesh. But we know him now by our relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. We'll see more about that as we go on. These three that bear record. And there were also three things on the earth that proved that Jesus was the Son of God. Just like it said in verse 6 there, this is he that came by water and by blood. But look in verse 8, if you will, please. There are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Of course, Jesus went through all of those. And now they still bear record. These three agree in one, as it says in verse 7. That these three are one. Verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, that's human words, and humans' testimonials, and I could actually say, look, I can speak up for, you know, Billy over there, because I know that Billy is a great guy, and I believe Billy will be saved when the Lord returns. I know Billy's going to heaven. Yeah? We perhaps all know that. Uh, my grandmother, she's going to heaven for sure. Or my son, or whoever. They're certainly going, they've done so many good things. And that's an interesting statement. It doesn't match up with anything that's in the Word of God. It says this, if we receive the witness of men, of humans, the witness of God is greater, more powerful, more forceful and more dynamic. It is the one to be listened to. For this, that is the Spirit, because he started this dissertation in verse 6 here, it is the Spirit that bears witness. So now we're down here in verse 9. For this is the witness of God, of God, which he has testified of his Son. Okay? If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this, that's the Spirit, is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. So, when Jesus was being baptised by John in the Jordan River there, the Bible says the Spirit came upon him. That was a witness in the end. We also read the water. We also read the blood, which was to be shed later on. And the Spirit was the initial witness. And so it is for every human to come thereafter, that it is the Spirit that bears witness. The Holy Spirit bears witness that we are the sons of the living God. We read in the Scriptures just as the Spirit bore witness that Jesus was the Son of God, John said, I had to do baptize him because I came to bear witness that this was he that was going to come. That was John's word. And now this, this is John the Baptist, and this John here, the disciple of John, says this now. In other words, we need to receive God's witness if we're going to go where God lives. We can receive man's witness and we can become the President of the United States if we think that's a worthwhile thing. We can do all sorts of things with man's witness. We can get out of jail if there's enough people to witness in our favour and most of you wouldn't be, so don't try and get out of it, okay? If we receive the witness of men, that's good for natural things. But for heavenly things, we need the witness of God. And the Bible says that the Spirit is the witness which God gave and gives. Who speaks for us in heaven? Who speaks for us? Let's go to verse 7 again. 
For there are three that speak for us or bear witness or give proof or give a record or give a good report. Who's got their child's report, half a year report just recently? Their child or their grandchild? Yeah, good. That's what they get. The teacher and the principal, they say, this is how this child is going. That's the record. That's the witness. That's the report. But now we've got a different witness. This is a heavenly witness. What do we read here in verse 7? The father... We'll start again, verse 7. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit. Same wording, same meaning. We need to know that. If we have received the Holy Spirit, you need to know that your record is in heaven. That the Lord witnesses for you in heaven, that your record speaks from heaven that when Jesus Christ returns, your name is going to be mentioned because your record speaks. That's a fantastic thing. If you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to know this as well because you need to know that if you haven't received the Spirit, you don't have God's witness yet. You don't have God's witness yet and we want you to have God's witness. And all the people said, who was glad the day they received God's witness? It's just a life-changing experience, isn't it? You thought you were okay beforehand, but then all of a sudden you receive the Holy Spirit, you speak in this other tongue, and then you know. Wow, what just happened then? Outstanding, miraculous stuff. So we stand here. I sit here. You sit there. You sit there and I stand here. I'll get it right. Knowing who we are, knowing where we are, knowing what's happening to our testimony, knowing what's happening to our name. Your names are written in heaven, the Bible says. We didn't deserve that, and all the people said, none of us deserve that, but that's the way it is. The Lord has said it's that way. Let's go, if we'll please, over to, um, I believe we're going to the Gospel of John in chapter 14. Now this was Jesus speaking back here, and he was explaining the things here which John the Baptist, so John the disciple was talking to us. He puts it in, in his gospel and Jesus said these interesting words. Verse 1, chapter 14 and verse 1. If you're not excited by these things, by the way, just check your pulse and see if you're still alive. Okay? This is talking about eternal life. This is fascinating. Chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not get Worried. Don't let yourself yield or suffer to difficulty or, or fear. You believe in God? Jesus said, believe also in me. He was speaking to um, many people. So, in my Father's house there are many mansions. Interesting, isn't it? There's a song written as a country and western song. I go for a mansion just over the hill up. Okay, no, that's not it. It's actually not a mansion like that. And it's a nice hymn that sounds good and that sort of stuff. I'm going to live in a mansion, all sort of stuff. That's not what we're talking about here. A mansion is a dwelling place. In my father's house there are many dwelling places. The word mansion is used because the Greek word means something pretty fancy. And so there are mansions there, dwelling places. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
Now, who's imagining that, you know, when the Lord comes back, he's going to send them to a place where you've got, you know, good hot and cold running water and, you know, nice showers and all that sort of stuff. Maybe there's a swimming pool in the backyard. Of course, the Bible is a heavenly uh, book, and we talk about here a heavenly kingdom. He's talking about a heavenly mansion. The mansion Jesus went to prepare was the Holy Spirit, where we live and we dwell and we have our being in the Holy Spirit and he in us. We'll read on verse 2. In my Father's, verse 3, I go uh, and prepare a place for you. I come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus, at this stage, when he was speaking this, he was here on earth. But he was recognizing, saying, where I am, I'm actually in contact with my Father. I'm actually next to my Father's right hand. And I want you to be there too. So now, if we were to receive his Spirit, we would be in the same place that Jesus was when he was alive on earth. The same relationship with our Heavenly Father. Verse 4, And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. It's a fancy way of saying where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, and he explains now to Philip, so to Thomas, Jesus, I'm doing well today, aren't I? Well, calm down. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the one who's going to get us to heavenly places. No other self proclaimed guru is going to take us to heavenly places. Only Jesus is going to take us there. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. It's good enough for us. That'll do us. We just need to see the Father. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you and yet you have not known me, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now the word see here doesn't necessarily mean just see in a natural sense. In a metaphorical sense it means you've understood. If you've understood me, you've understood the Father, because the Father, the Father's in me. And the things that I've done down here on earth, the Father wanted to be done. So if you've seen what I've done and understood it, you've seen what the Father wants to happen down here. Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. So when we speak the words of Jesus Christ now, it's not us speaking the words of Jesus Christ, is it? Because we're just copying what he said. These are actually God's words to people. When you quote the word of God, you're quoting God's words to people. You're quoting the words of Jesus Christ to people. That's why we use this and not great big long books of theology and so forth and so on. This is God's word. This is all we need. I am in the Father, the Father's in me. We're going to see a bit more of that later on here. Verse 12, Truly, truly, I say unto you, He that believes in me, the works that I do shall he, that person, do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. What's, what's this talking about here? How can we do a greater work than Jesus Christ? What were the works that Jesus Christ did? He healed the sick. 
He raised the dead, turned water to wine, spoke the word of God, various other miracles which no human could do. And he says, we can do greater than these. What greater miracle could we do as a human being than Jesus did while he was down here on earth? The greater miracle is we can pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit and see it happen. Amen? That's greater. Jesus didn't do that. He wasn't sent to do that. The church was made to do that. We have been given a specific task, and that is to take God's word to the world, to pray for them that they might hear the word and receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon people. It happened to us. We've received the Holy Spirit. What a wonderful thing here. Let's go over, please. A greater work shall he do. Verse 13. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's a promise. We need to pray about it. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now he makes a really interesting couple of comments now in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Who thought they loved the Lord before they'd received the Holy Spirit? Yeah, amen. Sincere feeling, sincere thought. Some of you went to church a couple of days a week. Some of you went to church and believed all about it. And you believed in Jesus. And this was you. But when you received the Holy Spirit, you knew that what you had before was just a recognition that Jesus was the Son of God. Now we know it. A story of a a lady from the Melbourne Fellowship many years ago, I met her just after I'd come to the Lord. Um, She had been raised as a Catholic at 20 years of age. She uh, joined a a, a nunnery, whatever they were called, and um, at 60 she was witness to, and someone told her about the Holy Spirit. She came along to a revival meeting, received the Holy Spirit. Her first comment after speaking in tongues was, Now, finally, I know the Lord. That is the difference. Now, finally, I know the Lord. And, I mean, I was was nothing like... I mean, she was probably a good living person. I wasn't a good living person, but I could say the same thing. That night, in the baptism tank, out at Elizabeth, the old hall there, either the 12th or the 13th of February, not sure, it was around midnight, I received the Holy Spirit spoke in this other tongue. I knew the Lord. Instantly. No more drugs, no more alcohol, no more the old lifestyle, threw away the Jimi Hendrix, all that sort of stuff. Got my old car painted up because it had all sorts of rubbish on it. Life totally changed because God was real to me. And this is the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should be saved. How would they know they're saved? The Bible says when you receive the Holy Spirit, you know you're saved. Amen? When you have the testimony of Jesus in you, when you've been baptised in water, when you believe in the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, when you trust and rely upon him, and you have his power working in you, that's when you believe. That's when you know. I digress for some reason. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray to the Father. He shall give you an other comforter. 
What does he mean, another comforter? Well, Jesus was the first comforter. He came in and he called the people close to God. Now he's saying, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. So this comforter will abide with us forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, that was Jesus, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So Jesus was saying, I'm going to come to you. But then he said, the comforter is going to come to you. The comforter and Jesus are the same. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it goes on to say later on, which we'll read, the Comforter is the Holy Ghost, you receive Jesus. Read on. Yet a little while the world sees me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. At that day. That they have come to make their abode in us. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he is it is loves me. So there's the thing, having the commandments and loving the Lord. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Abode? Mansion. Same word in verse 1. Verse 2, sorry. Same word. We'll make our mansion with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being present with you, but the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That's an amazing statement. Let's read it again. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. How important then is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? How important? The Holy Spirit the Comforter, is going to teach us all the words of Jesus Christ. He's going to make it make sense up here. So that when he says, for example, you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood, we know that he's not talking about the literal blood and the literal flesh. We know that he's referring about the communion and the remembrance of the Lord, which we're going to go through shortly. That's easy. When he says you've got to come and take up your cross and follow me, he doesn't actually mean you have to go and you know, nail yourself up a cross and cart it around the streets of Adelaide or Singapore or wherever you happen to be from. It's not that. The cross was giving up our life, willing to lay down our life for our friends. Certainly giving up our life because that is God's commandment. Whoever shall lose his life shall find it. He wants us to lose our life, have our life buried with him that it might be risen again by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. Unity, the word means unity. My unity I give unto you, not like the world gives, give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said I go away and come again. 
If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said I go to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. You'd be thrilled for me that I'm going back to my Father. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it does come to pass, you might believe. last two verses are fantastic. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world comes, that's Satan, and has nothing in me, so nothing to do with me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do, arise, let us go hence. So they went off. He went off to his uh, crucifixion. On the way there, he spoke some more words. Let's go to the next chapter, chapter uh, 15, just a couple of verses here. The last two verses. Again, he speaks here about the, whole, uh, the Comforter. When the, whole, when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. So the Comforter testify of Jesus Christ. The Comforter, which comes from God, Jesus gave it to us because God allowed him to give it to us, comes from the Father. And it will testify. You need the Comforter. You need the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, you don't have Jesus, you don't have the Father, you are alone in this life, it's not a good place to be. The Lord wants to change your life by making you brand new. Now you've got to think, that's got to be pretty good. To be brand new in God's sight. We've all got a history. God wants to blot that out of his memory. He's not interested in that history. What is interested in is the day that Jesus gave his life a ransom for us and we availed ourselves of that opportunity to have him in us. That's the history. That's what speaks in heaven now. Our testimony It says here, and you shall bear witness. He's speaking to his disciples, but he's also speaking to us. Because you have been with me from the beginning. So the disciples knew. John was one of those who knew. And he was now writing this letter. We can now write to people. We can now talk to people because we have seen Jesus at work in our own lives. He has changed us completely. Mark chapter 16, please. The Gospel of Mark chapter 16. We're going to finish here. So the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus through the Father. The Father committed all things to the Son. So Jesus now had the right to give the Holy Spirit to whomsoever he would. It is the Spirit of truth. It is the witness. It bears record in heaven. We have the witness now in us, and we can now go to all the world. Look at these last couple of verses of, of the Gospel of Mark in chapter 16, and we're going to look in verse 15. He said unto them, Go ye, or you lot, go, into all the world. means every nation now. Don't just restrict yourself to Israel and to the, where the Jews are or to where Israelites are. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, all of God's creation. 
He's not talking about witnessing to zebras and things like that. He's talking about witnessing to humankind because zebras aren't going to heaven. Sorry? Cats? Sorry? Dogs? Budgies? Fish? Sorry? There is no fish heaven. There's only a heaven for people who have been baptised and spirit-filled and walking under the law. That's what it was there for always. God wanted to save humankind who were made in his image. The giraffes weren't made in his image. Humankind were made in his image. Mark chapter 16, let's look in verse 16. He that believes and is baptised shall be saved. Wow, what a fantastic scripture. I remember when it was read to me. A guy on the side of the road, Steve his name was, he said, me up, but the Bible says he that believes and is baptised shall be saved. And signs will follow believers. Oh, signs? Signs will follow believers? Amazing. A couple of nights later, he came round and witnessed to myself and Mary and 17 other people in the house. Mary and I were the only ones that night who received the Holy Spirit. Changed our lives. He that believes and is baptised shall be saved. And you know what? The same thing applies to you today. If you believe and are baptised... Remember, if you believe what Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's what he wants you to do. But he that believes not shall be damned. The word, word means judged. Good luck with that. And these signs shall follow them that believe. These miracles, these tokens, these wonders, the Greek word is semion. A miracle, a token, or a wonder. It shall follow those that believe. It's not a work of your flesh. Like one guy said to me, he says, oh, you say you're speaking tongues. The Bible says we're not saved by works. No, it's not a work of me, mate. I didn't do it. I didn't myself speak in a language I'd never learnt before. It's actually a sign from God. It's a miracle from God. And that's only one of the parts of it here. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, means be protected from snakes. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth, they went forth from the day of Pentecost on. Okay. They went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now we know it was only from Pentecost onward because Jesus said to his disciples, don't you leave Jerusalem. You can read this in Acts, in Acts chapter 1. Don't you leave Jerusalem until you've received the Holy Spirit. That's when you can go out and be a witness. So we know this is the fulfillment of that part there. That's when you go out and tell people about me. We tell them about the witness of the Holy Spirit. We tell them about the need to turn away from our natural thinking. Don't try and be smart about it. You don't need a university degree to become a son of God or a daughter of God. In fact, you're probably better off without one of those. Imagine a university class sitting down and trying to sort out the word of God. The philosophers had come in and oh, they'd all come in. Anyway, we receive God's spirit, we get baptised in water and we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That all is essential that we do those things. And that's what we go out and tell people. If I said to you, what's the first scripture you share with somebody? We'd all have a different one. The first scripture this guy shared with me was 
signs would follow believers. And it was a really strong thing that happened back in those days. We always took that signs following believers. Oh, that was coming so and me or something like that. I'm not sure. Anyway, some of you didn't hear that phone ringing. That's good. Doesn't matter. We've made it into God's kingdom because of the witness that He has given us. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit today, the baptism tank out the back here. The Lord is with us. He will fill you with His Holy Spirit if you ask Him in faith, believing and trusting. Amen. Praise the Lord.